August 18th, 2016. This is the Hermetic Hour, and I'm your host, Poke Runyon. And tonight, we will review new issues of old Hermetic magic books, starting with Zoroaster's Telescope, 1796-2013, and on to Urania's Mirror, 1822-2004, and finally, the Harmonia Macrocosmica of Solarius, 1660-2013. Now, the first item on our list is more of a board game than a book. A very elaborate and, uh, frankly, confusing French divinatory system that uses hexagonal tiles with magical and astrological data drawn from an urn or a box and applied to a board called a mirror, which has hexagonal compartments. A divination follows from the numbers in the mirror cells and the pattern various tiles make on the mirror. Urania's Mirror is, is, is a small book describing the astrological constellations and their mythology, accompanied by a set of 32 cards on which the mythical figures of the Zodiac are depicted in a very romantic style. Now, this style is influenced by our last selection, the Harmonia Macrocosmica of Andreas Solarius, a magnificently illustrated atlas of the heavens. So, if you'd like to explore some of the recent revivals of ancient wisdom, stay with us and we'll have a look. All right, now, to start off with, we'll talk about Zoroaster's telescope. Uh, I don't mind uh, uh, I don't mind saying right at the outset when I, I, I call this book confusing. It is it is very confusing. In fact, it's so confusing that I suspect that the uh, that the author himself was somewhat confused. In fact, uh, if the system is is actually valid, workable. If it is, then uh, I I doubt that that uh, that uh, Andre Venerciat was actually who was credited with authoring it. He was a novelist, uh, kind of a of a, what they call a libertine novelist at the end. You know, this is uh, the 18th century. Uh, and and uh, he's credited with this. I kind of suspect that maybe he didn't write it. He got it from somewhere else and and and, and tried to understand it himself, and I don't think he, he did. <laughs> I don't think he did. Anyway, uh, I'm going to read the introduction to the... Uh, by the way, this, this is... Uh, this, a very nice little little book put out by Ouroboros Press, and they, they came out with it in 2013. Uh, so this is the introduction that um, is written by uh, John Leary of Ouroboros Press. Zoroaster's Telescope is a wonderfully strange book of oracle magic, written in 1796 by Andre Robert Andrea de Nersier, a French author of, libertine, of the libertine genre. The text 
later appeared in a collection of German folk literature compiled by Johann Schliebe, um, from which this English translation was made. The 18th century was an active time for occultism. Magicians and fortune tellers of note were spread throughout Europe, often playing significant roles in historical or political events. This was the era of the Comte Saint-Germain, Cogliostro, Anton Cortegeblin, Etiella, Louis, Louis Claude de Saint-Martin, Manuel Swedenborg, and Adam Weishaupt, who were known for their visionary and magical prowess or accuracy in divining the future. It is a curious fact that the two genres of eroticism cult often overlap, as in the case of the author of the present text. But this did not prevent him from giving advice on bodily desires of food and love, as well as moralizing on the disadvantages of non-restraint. While ancient divination systems, such as the geomancy and heptoscopy, have been around for centuries, the 18th century was giving way to new forms of occult science, such as the odic light and the magnetism of Baron Karl von Reichenbach and Franz Mesmer. Tarocco, the, tar- the card uh, tarot game from Italy, was also just coming into its own as a system of fortune-telling with the publication of Le Monde Primitif and Elise Camperet avec Le Monde Moderne by Anton Court de Gimlin. Please excuse my French. It is very good. I, I, I remember I took French. I took a French class one time, and and uh, the teacher looked at me and she said, uh, she said, "Come and tell me who." And I said, uh, and I said, "Très bien." He used to. So that 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 that's the extent of my French. Uh, and tarot tarot cards. Not long after this publication came out, even though the present author, Andre Robert Andre, the Nerciat, seemed to hold a rather dim view of activities such as tarot and palmistry, as revealed twice in the text. You know, he was he he uh, thought his system was vastly superior. He appears to have a high regard for his particular amalgamation of divinatory. Uh, Kabbalah and spiritual astrology. Some of his statements appear as though they might be in direct contrast to actual Jewish thought, such as the day starting with the first ray of light, making one ponder what sources for some of his ideas might be. This unusual fusion of religious and mystical ideas presented within the divination system are illustrated in in the text by various woodcuts and instructive tables. And these woodcuts have their own charm and their visual beehive theme, but are necessary for understanding how the oracle works, if you can. These... uh, These woodcuts have names like the Great Mirror, the Great Guide, and the Urn, which call to mind a romantic notion of Kabbalah and magic. The Zoroaster's telescope claims to be the key to the great divinatory Kabbalah of the Magi, 
And indeed, within the text, we find an eclectic mix of angel magic, astrology, divination, 28 magics of the moon, Kabbalah, Zoroastrianism, sacred geometry, numerology, reminiscent of the syncretism that Gregor Mathers employed in the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn at the close of the 19th century. Now, what he's referring to there is those, uh, the Enochian tablets where Mathers uh, took those uh, those Enochian tablets and, and and attributed all sorts of astrological um, uh, correspondences to them. Zoroaster's telescope was rarely sighted in the English-speaking countries, which probably uh, slowed its inclusion into mainstream as into mainstream esoteric resources. In these countries, Ernst Rainer, Rainer mis, uh, mistitled the plates in his book, Symbols, Signs, and Signets, calling them Zoroaster's Oracle, and the similarity of that name would win, win, would win Westcott's book, often issued under the name The Chaldean Oracles of Zoroaster, caused some confusion. And while the book is an oracle and does have the name Zoroaster in the title, the similarity ends there. It has been noted by by Stuart Kaplan and others of the similarity of such diverse games as cards, chess, drafts, dice, and dominoes, a sort of thick card, if you will, and there are possible common origins. It is here we can see a crossover uh, to the draft-like pieces in Zoroaster's telescope, which are laid out in specific patterns, each hexagonal piece showing its rotation of rank, degrees, and astrological correspondences. With these compositions referred to in the text as mirrors, the Kabbalist reads and interprets through their their placement in astrological houses and lunar mansions in order to see into the future. And as we peer into Zoroaster's telescope and the great mirror, we indeed find ourselves gazing directly into a looking glass and the ancient concept of know thyself. And there is little doubt that the author saw these activities as a spiritual practice. The book opens with an explanation of how the oracle is composed and how the operator is to be inspired comparing its composition to music. Then text reminds one of instructions one might find in a grimoire when mentioning the names of the principal pieces and how they are to be constructed and what they are to be made of, and the similarities continue with the designation of spirits, intelligences, geniuses, houses of the day and night, mansions of the moon, and their angelic correspondences, as well as the meanings of various numbers, spheres, and planetary forces. All this makes it apparent that Zoroaster's telescope is an oracle and a divinatory tool for for bringing the operator closer to the divine, a medium or agency, if you will, for receiving messages and revelation directly from God, special providence. This is an unusual but precise method to obtain answers or to inquiries, to access occult knowledge 
and insight of a practical nature. Here is an attempt to uh, divine communication, to see into the future circumstances using the divine or simply as a guide to making the navigation of life's obstacles a little easier. (laughs) And that's John Leary's forward to to the book. Um, And... uh, the author has a, has an introduction on Rusty. I, I must I think that that Larry's uh, uh, introduction is a little bit more to our point than the, than the author's. Now, um, I I will confess that I have read this, this little book. is not that that large. It's a it's a little quarto size uh, volume, which Arboros Press does very well, by the way, these books. And it's only 120-some pages long, uh, and I, I've read the whole thing. I, I, uh, but <laughs> even if I had all of these, um, these titles or, uh, or uh, these, uh, you might want to call them uh, hexagonal, uh, chips or, or tiles. Even if I had, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pretend to be able to figure out how to do this. And 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 you and you can't with from the way the book is written. Uh, it would take. I I would think that that, that it would take a, a year's experimenting and studying to begin to figure figure out how to do it. Um, and it, uh, it's a beautiful little book, and, and it has a big fold-out, by the way. And, and, and right in the front, they have a big big 11 by 17 fold-out uh, showing uh, the urn. And that, of course, is a great big beehive-looking uh, structure of, um, of hexagonal, hexagonal divisions, which you can fill with these various... Which you make these, you can actually make these uh, chips out of, and there are ninety nine, there are ninety nine of them, and uh, if you really want to get into this, really, really want to get into this, somebody, and I'm not sure that it's uh, Orboros Press, somebody's offering a, a set, uh, the book, a leather leather bound copy of the of the book and a very ornate-looking box of all the uh, tiles. And I think they have about a $3,000 price tag on that little set. So if you wanted to really get into this thing, uh, you could do that. However, I would think that if you really want to get into it and really do it, you would take and, and, and photocopy, the, you know, photocopy the urn and photocopy some of the other uh, tiles in the, in the book. And then... Uh, spray stick it and mount them on, mount them on, uh, you know, stiff board, and cut out all these, these, make your own little chips and, and, and work it this way. Um, I think it's very possible that this system really does work, and one of the reasons why I think that it is possible that it does is that uh, it seems to have, um, it seems to have a um, a kind of an intuition of its own, somewhat like, like why does tarot work? Why does geomancy work? Why do, well, for that matter, why does astrology work? I mean, why do any of these divinatory systems work? And, and um, 
we have to ask ourselves, well, in the question of astrology, I think we, we know the answer to that. Uh, we've been we've been keeping data on astrology ever since the Paleolithic, and passing it down, and and uh, and we've learned that we've learned over over the past twenty two thousand years that that uh, when such and such uh, astrological conditions are are, are astronomical relationships are present, then certain things can be predicted. And you collect enough of that data, and and uh, that uh, means that astrology, as we have said before on this, on the Hermetic Hour, astrology is, is a science, because all science does is, is, is it, it, it says, okay, if we do this, if we if we uh, take this piece of wood and drive it into this uh, square hole, uh, such and such is going to happen. And we know that. And, and, and we don't know why, but we know it does. And so that's science. I know that's out. I know a scientist would want to hear that. He'd want to barf. But that's the truth. Uh, the, so many... Uh, and and, and uh, so many scientific... Um, scientific ideas, theories, and, and are, all, are are based upon uh, inexplicable relationships. Now, these inexplicable relationships—that's um, what we're what we're looking at here with Zoroaster telescope. As I said, this is a sort of a—it's a sort of a, a almost like casting the runes or or. Uh, uh, laying out a tarot spread. Uh, there, there is, there's a system here, and my problem with the book. Now, of course, one of the things that the book was originally written in French. It was translated into German, and then from the German, it was brought back into English. Was brought into English, and I can imagine that a lot that that, that, that a lot was lost in these various translations. I remember uh, a friend of mine, and I won't mention his name. You don't know who he is, but a friend of mine uh, had a uh, had a had a lady uh, had a lady friend who wrote novels, and 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 he once and, and he, he he once joked about that she was having her novels. She wrote them in English, but she was having she was having them translated into French. Because she saw, she thought they lost something in the original English, and uh, that that that's you know kind of a translation kind of a joke. Because, but but really, when you when you do anything, I would I I would like to. I, it's unfortunate that we don't seem to have the the original French version of this. We have to take the German version of the French version and translate the German version into English. Now. Um, Another thing about this that that uh, I don't particularly like is that that the author continually refers to the great Kabbalah, and this is that follows the great Kabbalah, and and his great Kabbalah doesn't sound like any great Kabbalah I've ever I'm familiar with, and. I'm just going to read you a little bit here in the on page 50, uh, give you an idea of, of uh, what his great Kabbalah might might be like. 
Up to this point, we have only dealt with the dry part of our science, namely in the topography of the great mirror. Now, more interesting objects present themselves. But before going there, the old and old prejudice must be destroyed. If the candidate already has a concept of divinatory astrology, or also merely of physical astronomy, it must appear strange to him at the beginning that neither the astrology of the ancients nor modern astronomy can be recognized in the organization of the great mirror. On that point, we counter with the following. One, the great Kabbalah reaches back into a much greater antiquity than any human science. Two, modern astronomy pursues an entirely different direction than the great Kabbalah because it strives to ignore the mystical part of the science of the scars. And perhaps because this realm is beyond the typical person who can only rest an interest in pure astronomy because of its practical uses. Right from the start, judicial astrology, and of course that's selective astrology, uh, took an active interest in the great Kabbalah. Now that's true. However, imposters abused the science, robbing it of its reputation with the populace. And also that divination through the stars is held to be the game as divination through cards. Good God. Let not this key fall into the hands of charlatans. But now we return to the matter at hand. Well, you read about one thing. Uh, uh, judicial astrology uh, didn't concern itself with Kabbalah, but not, not the great Kabbalah he's talking about. And, however, and, and, uh, and uh, of course, magicians, judicial astrology is magical astrology. So, um, uh, so he's kind of, he's kind of saying a pox on all your houses. And, and, uh, and quite frankly, I, I, I keep wanting, I, I look at you know, I keep looking all through the book and all right, What's the pattern? What are the? He talks about orbits. He talks about he talks about paths. He talks about triangles. He talks about geometric patterns in the in the uh, in the matrix. He talks about all these things, but he doesn't explain them. And and uh, and it uh, as I said, my impression that I get from and this beautiful book and it has beautiful charts and engravings in it. And, uh, and uh, and he has his own Shemiham Farash, uh, the only angel. He has he makes up angels. He's very 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 clever at making up angel names and what have you. But uh, the only angel uh, from from tradition that he has is Gabriel. All the rest of them he makes up. And um, my impression, as I said, from reading this, and is is that. Uh, he got. He learned this system, uh, uh, the, 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 the the supposed author. He learned this system from somebody, or and or inherited it. He he inherited. Or maybe maybe he bought it in a secondhand bookstore or something. I don't know. But he got this, uh, and 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 then he tried. And he has in turn tried to 
explain something that he he himself does not understand, and uh, that that's the impression I'm getting with this book. I don't, um, and yet, on the other hand, um, I've run across just as an example. In the fourth book of attributed to Henry Cornelius Agrippa, there is a there is a system uh, of astrological uh, divination and and uh, and uh, an astrological uh, matrix, if you will. Well, it's a um, eh, for, for use with the very first first for ceremonial use and for setting up uh, uh, ceremonies judicial astrology, which I frankly cannot figure out, and I and and I, I spent I must have spent a, a year just trying to figure this thing out, and I was really uh, you know I was wondering wow what's the matter with me why can't I figure it out, and then finally Don Tyson came out with with his. Uh, annotated version of the, the fourth book attributed to Agrippa, and he couldn't figure it out either. <laughs> so I thought, well, my gosh, if Don can't figure it out, I'm not going to feel so bad about not figuring it out. That's the way I am with Zoroaster's telescope, the same way I was with Agrippa's, uh, with Agrippa's system in the fourth book. Uh, it's just, uh, I, 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 I can't grasp, but but I think that, that it's... Uh, that it may have, it may very well work. Because a lot of times, uh, how are you gonna, how are you gonna define? Uh, you know, a lot of people can't figure out why geomancy works. Uh, I think, I think I have an understanding of that, but I, but I know people that can't figure out, can't figure it out. I try to explain to them this binary, and and uh, that the binary is the root of the whole. Uh, the, you know. The, the, Yes, no, uh, positive, negative, uh, uh, you know, one, one, two, and, and all this is the this is the building blocks of the whole universe, and that that's what makes it work. So there may be something behind this this system in relation to uh, basic numerology, and that, by the way, is the one thing that may be going on here. By uh, if if you recall from Paul Chris's History and Practice of Magic, uh, he he indicates that Coliostro and, and the French magicians around that time were very much into numerology. And I think maybe that might that might be the key to Zoroaster's. That might be what he's talking about when he's talking about the great Kabbalah. He may be just talking about, about uh, 18th century French uh, numerology. Very, very, very well. Anyway, Let's, um, um, enough of Zoroaster's uh, telescope. Uh, it, it, as I said, it's from Orboros Press. It's a nice little, uh, little hardback, kind of limited edition. And uh, let's move on to uh, Urania's Mirror. Now, Urania's mirror is available in two in two different uh, formats, two different editions. One from Barnes and Noble, which is actually a kit at the night sky, uh, uh, the night sky kit. Uh, 
in which you get the book, the 32 cards, constellation cards, and a and a planisphere that the Barnes and Noble people put together with a window on it that so that you can uh, and and the, the constellations reproduced on the planisphere uh, in miniature, and uh, so you can calculate what stars you're looking at at any time uh, during the year, and this is a very nice kit, um, and uh, and the other the other format. That, that the Arrhenius mirror comes in is is a uh, a box called the box of stars, and the box of stars has a has a nice nice blue book uh, with a blue cover called a practical guide to the night sky and its myths and legends by Catherine Tennant. Now, what Catherine Tennant and this by the way comes from Little Brown Publishers. Um, and uh, it's, it's 2000, 2004, I believe that's what they. Um, what do we have down for that? Uh, I'm to get the date right on this and the, and the publishing. Yeah, Little Brown and Company, Boston, New York, and London, and it was copyrighted. 1993 by Catherine Tennant, and then uh, first the first American printing came out in 2000. Now, what, however, what uh, Catherine Tennant did was she completely rewrote the original book. Um, the original book, Meridian's Mirror. So Catherine totally rewrote it, and I'm not saying she did a, an inferior job, but. If you want to get the original, the uh, the 1832 uh, uh, facsimile of the original, then then you go to the Barnes and Noble uh, uh, Night Sky Kit, and uh, and this the cards are absolutely beautiful. The cards uh, are they are watercolors. Watercolor etchings, uh, and they have the stars. What she did, all the stars of the constellation are perforated according to their magnitude. And this is really quite a project. So, so what you can do with one of these constellation cards is hold it up toward the light. In fact, I'm going to I, I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> I have Orion, and I'm holding Orion, holding the holding the lion, and I'm holding Orion up and up to the light, and I'm seeing Bellatrix and Metal Geese in one shoulder and the other, and I'm seeing the lion, and I'm seeing all of this, and this. Then you can take this. This you can hold a flashlight behind it, say go out in the night sky, look up at Orion, and uh, and you you and you get a, a, a you know get a, a really Good fix on it, and uh, these and the cards, as I say, they're they're a combination of etchings and watercolor, uh, and uh, and this and they were all put together by this Victorian lady. She did it and did the cards, and then she got uh, 
she got an astrologer friend of hers to do the book, the little book Uranus Mirror, and uh, and the uh, I'm going to read a Uranus Mirror. I'm going to read to you the foreword about my uh, uh, water uh, for the for the original uh, the facsimile of the original. Okay. The beautiful constellation cards included in A View of the Heavens, a night sky kit, were created by an anonymous young English lady and were accompanied by a guidebook written by Jehoshaphat Aspen, the author of many works on history and geography. It was first published by in, in London by Samuel Lee in 1825. The first North American edition was produced in 1832 and is reprinted here. When the ancient Greek Aratus wrote his complete description of the sky, the oldest that has come down to us, he was participating in a long history of stargazing and cosmic lore at least as old as the ancient Mesopotamian civilizations. And no one knows when the named groups of stars were associated with the pictures we now associate with them. The Greeks and their ancient successors added new constellations to the sky, a practice taken up later by the Renaissance uh, and Enlightenment astronomers like Bayer, Helvinius, and, and Lassiel. Now astronomers have agreed on 88 standard constellations, most of which can be seen in our hemisphere and appear on the constellation cards in the kit. Each card features a beautifully executed watercolor image of each constellation, as interpreted in classical mythology. As an added feature, the stars on the cards are perforated according to their relative magnitude. The scale of relative magnitude measures brightness. It originated in ancient times and was generally from one, the brightest, to six, the dimmest. Nowadays, this system has been enhanced, and there are more minute degrees of magnitude, including even negative magnitude, uh, such as that the brightest, uh, that of the brightest star, Sirius. Um, And the enclosed planisphere, decorated with many of the constellation illustrations designed 42 degrees latitude uh, in the northern hemisphere, and with a little adjusting, it can be used for most locations in this hemisphere. It shows the stars in their fixed relation to one another. The center of the planisphere shows Polaris, the north star. It is, it is the tip of the tail of Ursa Minor, the little bear, also known as the Big Dipper. When you are facing Polaris, you know you are facing north. The rest of the stars appear to be moving in a circular path around Polaris. To use the polyosphere, simply align the top part of the, of the time of the day you're viewing with the bottom part, the date, and it shows you the window, the top part, and you can see the sky in the evening. Hold the planisphere vertically in front of you in the direction that you're facing, and the, and the center of the window shows when it's directly overhead in the zenith. Now, locating the constellations using the planisphere is not difficult, but it takes a little familiarity with the terms. Let's take the constellation Her Her Hercules, Hercules, Plate 11. And 
And so the rest of this is 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 technical to the uh to this um to the uh, it's technical to the nature of the of the work. The circle of the tick marks in funniest sphere is the ecliptic, the apparent path of the sun, uh and uh and so not only do we hope that this kit will make the study of astronomy familiar and amusing, but it will also capture the romance of the heavens, which helped the people from uh, from ancient times onward navigate the seas while serving as a canvas for their legends and their dreams. And using this kit, we invite you to explore the night sky through the eyes of, of, of charming illustrations from times past. Now, I've used pretty good idea of what this is about but but quite frankly we have found that these cards are are in their own way just in in their own way they're just as important as the tarot in magic because you can take these cards and put them on the altar you you could use them anytime you you project you know if we if we do a if we do a projection off to a, a constellation or something like that, uh, or do astral time travel, these cards are actually a magical device, just like we often put tarot cards on, on top of the altar, or we put them around the circle, and we can use these cards the same way and to apply apply to the zodiac. So uh, I think that either one, either either the book, the the box of stars. Or you can get if you get the uh, the kit from Barnes and Noble, uh, View the Night Sky. You you get the you get the original uh, Uranus mirror uh, uh, with the with the cards and the book. Either way, you get the cards. But uh, if you want to get the original book, then uh, then you would um, then you would uh, certainly um, uh, go for the Barnes and Noble kit with the with the planisphere. Now. Um, Now we come to hmm, apostasy response. Andreas Solarius. Uh, Harmonium Macrocosmia. This is, well, I'm straining to pick it up. This is a, it's a huge book. It's 11 by 17, literally. Yeah, 11 by 17, and, and uh, uh, I really, <laughs> I really encourage you to go, to go uh, take a look at it on the internet. It's not, it's not, they don't have a PDF of this whole thing, but they've got enough illustrations from it. And, uh, and as soon as you see some of those illustrations, you will you will you will know that you've seen them before. And also, there doesn't seem to be any doubt in my mind, looking at the illustrations from Solarius, and this is 1660 that these were done. And these are etchings; they're colored etchings, very similar uh, in a way. They're very similar to um, uh, to what the, the Victorian lady did with her. The anonymous Victorian lady did with her cards, uh, and uh, yes, oh, oh, it is one by seventeen. So 
Andrea doesn't believe me. She's measuring. Nineteen. Oh, nineteen. Oh, you mean you mean I got a couple extra inches? Well, maybe even bigger than. Yeah, the, the paper I believe is eleven by seventeen, but but uh, the book, the whole book with the covers extending over it is 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 nineteen inches. This is this is. Uh, um, however, uh, I I strongly, even though it's expensive, and and it's 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 if you are if you are really into into celestial magic. Uh, this is something I believe you really have to have. And um, what, what, uh, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about the the author. And uh, here again, he had to have an artist. Uh, he had several artists working for him. Uh, the author, uh, Andre Andreas Solarius, uh, was originally. Uh, he was born in in in, uh, in, a, in a German town near Worms, back uh, back in the uh, early uh, 1600s, and he um, he was a, a, a primarily he he was a uh, an engineer, and the books where he where he started his publications was was uh, designs and and publications designs. On fortifications, he uh, he was designing forts. Now, in those days, of course, uh, this was right before the Thirty Years' War. And, uh, and the thing about the Thirty Years' War is, it went on for thirty years. And uh, you know, who's burying Grant's tomb? Uh, actually, Grant and his wife. Uh, but uh, uh, the Thirty Years' War, you know, the thing, it went on for thirty years, and and and. and Nobody knows what what Solarius was doing during the Thirty Years' War, but he was probably uh, designing fortifications for the various people who were fighting uh, and the various countries that were fighting. But finally, after the war was war was finally kind of resolved, he he moved to Holland, took up residence in Holland, and he uh, began to work on and and he, and he like Agrippa, he was he was a uh, he was a uh, um, he was a, a clergyman and a soldier and and a, you know a, a military engineer and uh, and also too he he was he was quite a uh, not an astronomer but but a cartographer I think that's the best way to put it so what he uh, he was commissioned by somebody who was doing an encyclopedic sort of a series of books, and uh, he, it fell to him to do the uh, the celestial atlas. So he proceeded to create this thing, and it is I could say it's a huge book, but but uh, but it is really if you really really want to get into uh, to Renaissance. Astrology and, and, and magical imagery and, and, and uh, the heavens and all that. Uh, if you want to, uh, if you kind of want to see where where the the, the ladies uh, uh, Uranus mirror cards came from, see all these uh, uh, these uh, characters in action. Uh, that you really need to look at this book. Um, and and what Solarius did was he. Uh, he he brought this up to date 
even even though he realized that the Catholic Church would not care for for um, they wouldn't care for anything to do with Copernicus at that time, but uh, but Solarius had felt he was obligated to also present the Copernican system. So he had he had Ptolemy's. He illustrated Ptolemy's system with these beautiful illustrations. Then he illustrated Taco Bray, uh, who was a Renaissance astrologer before Copernicus, and he had his system. And then he did the Copernican system. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't think the Catholic Church liked it very much, but Athanasius Kircher, the Jesuit, he, you know, he, he, he recommended the book. So I don't think the Catholics were that hurt by it, but did it um, because um, uh, Solarius was fair to, you know, he's going to present all sides, and uh, they, 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 one of the things about this book that I that I that I want to mention and draw attention to is. I'm flipping through. I've got this thing marked somewhere. I'm going to find out where the where the mark is. Um, there is a uh, there is a projection of all the signs of the zodiac. Um, all the signs of the zodiac onto the northern hemisphere. And uh, this, this, uh, these, these projections of the signs, constellations, with the artwork, uh, with the artwork uh, showing the mythological figures, and along with the constellations, very much like uh, like uh, Urania's card, um, and there's many, many of these. But the one, the one particular one, I want to. I want to try to. Uh, oh. Is there a? I'm trying to get Zandria to help me here, because I want to. I want to get to this one particular page here. I, I marked it, but now now the mark fell out, so so we don't know where it is. But if I can't get to it, I'll just describe it from. From memory, but I but I wanted to mention what page it's on for those of you who have the book or are going to get it. Uh, is a projection. It's a projection of uh, of all of the constellations onto the Earth itself, uh, and. Uh, So what you end up doing is you, you, it's like you're taking the celestial sphere and you're projecting it down. You're 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 you're, you're projecting it down onto the earth. And um, so what you have here is, and the interesting thing about that to us is we have we have a system. Of uh, gridding the celestial sphere, where where we grid the celestial sphere, and uh, we call it the Soma Sophia. And uh, this particular um, this particular plate that uh, Solarius has is uh, very important to uh, uh, to our 
um, to our concept of the Soma Sophia. And in this, and, and I want to mention uh, along with that, I'd like to mention the uh, I'd like to mention Dean Kelly's terrestrial victory in comparison with that. Dean Kelly, uh, I'm going to give up on this. Dean Kelly um, came up with this system whereby they they uh, took these uh, these aethers, actually, they took them from Valentinian Gnosticism, uh, these 30, these 30 uh, divisions. And somehow, although these divisions were ascending, that's it, I think. No, no, that's not, it just looks like it. Uh, these, uh, um, these, different aethers going from Teus to Lele, for those of you who are familiar with the aether system, uh, they uh, they ascend all the way from from uh, from the lowest the lowest level of the astral plane all the way up to I think that's it. All the way up to uh, um yeah, no, no, that's not it. Uh, we're still, we're still looking for, it, but uh, but but we're close. Oh, I give up. <laughs> Forget. We keep trying. We keep thinking we got to got this. Uh, but what they did was they they went taking this this uh, Gnostic Aeon system, thirty Aeons of Valentinius. Valentinian narcissism, and they went from from the lowest level, which they called uh, which they called Teats, text, T-E-X, all the way up to Lele at the top, and that's an Empyrean, that's the Empyrean level. In other words, they were they were ascending, they were ascending higher and higher and higher on this Aeon uh, scale, and for some incredible reason, which I have never been able to figure out, why they thought that they could apply each one of these aethers and the governors of these aethers to various countries on the surface of the earth. This is, is, is completely, uh, it, it, it's, a, it, it, it's, it's a completely erroneous analogy. And, and yet they did. They thought they could. And they even tried to sell this system to the Polish government uh, as, a, as, a, as a political magic, you know. I, and and uh, it, it you know the the aether system is an ascension of 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 the rarefied dimensions, and which which all of us who who uh, engage in it we're aware of that. And uh, now, what's important about the, about Solarius is is that Solarius actually took did he did what D and Kelly. Or trying to do, or trying to do, he projected the constellations to all of those countries that Dee and Kelly were trying to uh, were trying to, you know, um, that they were they were they were they were trying to do with, with what they call terrestrial victory, which was actually the Aether system. And Solarius actually did this. Now he 
in order to do this, you have to you have to establish a prime meridian. Now, right now, the prime meridian, uh, we all agree, it goes through Greenwich. But back in Solarius's time, it went right through the Canary Islands, uh, the farthest uh, the farthest point uh, eastward, uh, um, westward actually, the farthest point westward that the ancients were aware of was Canary Islands. Now, if you want to get romantic, you could say, okay, it, that's where Atlantis was, and so it, 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 the prime meridian starts at Atlantis and, and it works its way around. Now. I don't know. There's several different ways you could do prime meridians. You could run it through the Amphalos in Greece. You could run it through Jerusalem if you were really medieval. I mean, you know, you, uh, or you could run it through uh, through the pyramids. Uh, and that that there's some good argument for that. And by the way, if you look at uh, Solarius's uh, projection, you'll see the Taurus, where the zodiac actually starts. The Taurus. Uh, in uh, Aldebaran is right smack in ancient in ancient Egypt, very close to the pyramids. So uh, I think uh, Solarius, who knows what was in his mind when he did this. Also, too, uh, the Great Bear happens to be in walking across Siberia. Yeah, that's uh, you know the Russian bear, and the Great Bear is walking across. It's a fascinating idea, and and uh, as I say, it's important to our uh, our Soma Sophia celestial magic uh, uh, project. Anyway, Solarius's uh, uh, Atlas of, of the Heavens is a beautiful, beautiful book, and and those of you who are yeah, really in the celestial magic or want to want to really. Uh, uh, get into it. I, I, I really, uh, I really recommend the book. Uh, it's expensive. It's uh, it's touch in, in the Netherlands, and it's got a lot of a lot of German text in it uh, and Dutch text, but they also have enough English. Everything, all the important text is also also in English. So don't let that worry you. And uh, and Uranus mirror is is uh, very useful and in celestial magic. And um, uh, whichever particular version of that you'd like, and even though I'm I'm a bit suspicious of uh, Zoroaster's uh, telescope, uh, I imagine there are people out there that probably think, oh well, well uh, this is not that hard to understand. So, yeah, I'll give it a try. You know, see if you can figure it out. Uh, uh, and 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 uh, but you know I. I don't know whether you need to spend $3,000 for a set, but I think you can probably make them yourself. Uh, so that about wraps us up for tonight. Now, next week, next week, we're going to get into something really, another one of these big heavy books that takes two people to carry it. We're going to discuss... of Carl Gustav Jung. And this is something that uh, that is absolutely amazing and will become as a great surprise to a number of you that you didn't realize that Carl Jung created his own grimoire with beautiful, beautiful illustrations, mandalas and illustrations that he did, and his own calligraphy. Of course, his calligraphy is all in German, but, but fortunately we have an English translation of it. And uh, uh, this book is the, 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 the Red Book, 
almost as big as this, as glorious as Atlas, uh, but and, and it's just really magnificent. So next week, the Red Book. And until then, good magic. <laughs>